G'day, g'day. Great to have your company on the EFTM podcast. Um, look, I'll say from the outset, I don't feel like it's going to be an hour show today um, because I feel like rubbish. And also, my brother's been visiting, and so I got I just got a bit late started today. But we do have a bit on the show. Um, lots of calls, and we're going to talk NBN. We're going to talk to uh, Brad Whitcomb from the NBN about huge announcements today in terms of upgrades to both the fixed wireless network uh, the expansion of that network and the rollout of the fibre to the node to a bunch of fibre to the uh, fibre to the premises to a bunch of fibre to the node places. So, a lot going on in the NBN space, and of course, um, lots of questions from you, the dear listener. And if you yourself have a question, just please go to the website eftm.com. If you've been listening for a while and you haven't left a review, that'd be great. Love it when you leave a review because it gives me a little adrenaline shot and makes me feel like this is worthwhile. Um, not that I don't just enjoy having the conversation. I've said before, and I had a couple today, um, a couple of callers today who are clearly not podcast listeners. They're Today Show viewers or they're radio listeners. And it's, it's a lovely buzz when when, I, when they answer the phone. They go, whoa, what, what? Why are you calling me? I'm like, this is what I do. Um, <laughs> so people don't realize, you know, if you don't listen to this show, you don't realize why I would be calling you. But that is what I do. I also want a quick shout out to Mark Levison, who I spoke to, oh, i got to say, it's a few months ago now. Um, Mark was setting up a home office and, you know, some computers there and they had some work to do. And we were talking about Wi-Fi. And of course I recommended the NetGear Orbi. And I've got to read you this email. He said, some time ago, you were good enough to recommend to me the NetGear Orbi system for my home. We got the three pack, one base, two satellites for over, for just over $1,700. And I, I remember saying at the time that was, that was going to be an investment, but I think it would be worth it. And he says, look, there. He and I know Mark for many, many years. Uh, Mark's been listening to this show and I appreciate his long-time loyalty. Mark's an accountant. And it turns that out that they, um, they are, they're closing their kind of external office and moving, you know, back home, um, to working from home. Hopefully that's, that means Mark is slowing down a little bit and can spend some more time with his beautiful wife, Faye. Now, all of their massive files are cloud-based, he says, for a couple of years. His application software is mostly on the cloud and their brand new phones are all VoIP. So... You know, with COVID and clients are on Zoom, it's kind of perfect. Now, he said they had some IT people around. This is what's really cool. Had some IT people around, and they were so impressed with the Orbi speeds, they will not be utilizing any hardwired network. So he was basically saying, can you install a network? And they went, we don't need to. Um, so they saved a bunch of money on uh, wiring costs because of the Orbi. And he says, thanks for the recommendation. Uh, take care and stay well. And um, it turns out Mark and Faye are both in COVID ISO right now, mate. Shout out. Hopefully you've got people delivering goodies to the door to make you feel a little bit um, like you're not too isolated, but it is a pain right now, and I hear it for a lot of people. We've got a bunch of mates who are in ISO. Um, you know, just one child gets COVID and the whole family's locked down for a week. It's it's horrible. We are literally back and forth on this damn COVID. Um, I've spoken about how we're just dodging it, but... Poor little Harry keeps getting, you know, whether it's a tummy ache or a cough, but you've got to do a rat test every time because you've got to be sure. And we, he'd done so many rat tests, we took him for a PCR last week. Still fine. Um, and we're super, super nervous because poor Jacko's got his grand final this weekend, which was postponed because of rain. And now I feel horrible. I've got a really sore throat. And uh, it feels just like the normal sore throat I would get every other bloody year. So I've taken now my third rat test and still just like solidly negative, nothing at all um, showing up on the line. So just got what you normally get, but it's just weirdly frantic, isn't it? The whole 
you know, looking over your shoulder and worrying about what you've got to tell people and, oh, my God. Anyway, the good news is we're all pretty good and we've got a great health system who have been looking after people who do get COVID if they're um, ill-affected by it. And most of the time it just means for, like, young Emily, my, my daughter's friend, just means watching Netflix for a week. <laughs> so... um in some ways, the kids don't mind if it happens because they think there'll be some pretty pretty solid screen time, and that probably will be the case. Uh, anyway, shout out to anyone who is uh, going through ISO because it, it, it sounds as painful as I imagine, um, but I think it is it is what it is, and we've got to do what we do. So um, we appreciate everyone doing the right thing in this challenging times. But we'll be through it soon, and uh, our life is pretty much back to normal now, I think, and, and there's a lot going on. People, like, we're, we're thinking about holidays. There's lots going on, so it's nice. It's good. It's good to feel normal again, even if I've got a croaky throat. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Let's get into the calls. Suzanne's on the line. She went to EFTM.com and clicked on Ask Trev. G'day, Suzanne. Hello. How are you? Very well. How are you? Not too bad. What can I do you for? So I am trying to find a device Mm. that is a UV sanitizer and possible charger mm. for iPads and iPhones, if there's such a thing. I guess in the times that we live in, in right. everyone wants to sanitise everything. And I work in an environment where we share phones, share keys for cars, mm. we share iPads. And rather than wiping everything down with a cloth or we've heard that there's like UV sanitizers, but I just can't find one big enough that might fit multiple phones or multiple iPads. You know what's really fascinating? I, when these things... I reckon it's probably four years since I saw the first one of these, and I thought, what a stupid product. Uh, <laughs> and now don't I look like a fool because of COVID. No, you um, should have invested. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> um, and I remember the very uh, – I actually, it's just come to me as we're talking. The very first one I ever heard of, I think, was called Phone Zap. Um, phone. I'm sure that's what it was called, something like Phone Zap. Now, as I look right. at them up, they don't exist anymore. Um, okay, they're so gone. <laughs> I'm here writing it down, going, no, okay, no, phone's up. Don't write anything okay. down until we resolve this. But at the okay. time, I remember them sending me one that was a phone and one that was a tablet size. Because okay. I thought, who's putting a tablet in here? But yeah, since, right. since then, I've been sent a few to review over the years. I remember doing a video okay. on one um, maybe two years ago, and it was yep. a little phone one there at JB Hi-Fi. There was also one that was a wand. So okay, so you can, right. It struck me as a very strange thing, again, to do, but it was a wand that you would essentially slowly, yep. you know, cast over the device because it was yep. this ultraviolet light. I, well, I, it makes sense, right? Does it, though? I Doesn't mean, it? I, so I get that uh, surgeries, you know, hospitals use UV sanitizers for, yep. you know, uh, tools. Tools yep. is not the right word, is it, for things they use to cut you open? Equipment, equipment. Let's use that. Um, so I get that. And if you look online, you will see those kind of things. I've seen them for hairdressers, um, you know, where yep. they put their scissors and everything. But yeah, in, yeah. But in reality, the only consumer product that exists is the mobile phone stuff. And there's plenty okay. of those at JB Hi Fi, yeah. Amazon, all those kind of places. Heaps. And my, my wife, all of them. we've got one. I think it's still the original yep. one I was sent years and years and years ago. Um, my wife uses yep. it. She puts it in there okay. every couple of days. She puts a phone in there, closes it, and I'm like, where's your phone? She goes, I don't know. And it's in there. Um, now it doesn't, yeah, right. doesn't charge the phone at the same time, but it does do. It's only, no. and I think okay. it's only a one minute process or ten seconds. It just okay. zzz, and the light turns off, yep. and you know it's sanitized. But I don't think you're going to find anything for a tablet. 
And and I say that because oh. I, when I look at them all, every single product I've seen at best fits, you know, a phone and, and one other thing. It seems, yeah. and I worry because let me be very clear, not medical advice, don't know how sanitizers work and all that kind of stuff, but I worry that yeah. any, anything that would be big enough, maybe it doesn't have the power to properly sanitize. Maybe that's okay. where those things fell out yeah. and, and you would need to invest the kind of surgical money in a device yeah. that would actually genuinely sanitize them. Um, yeah, right. A tablet, I mean, I, I don't know how often you, you know, you're sharing these things around, but I'd be more inclined to wipe a tablet down um, okay. and, and, and pass it on or put it back in and charge. And you make, you know, it, it it's like the, you know, every short store you go into now has a hand sanitizer. Where'd those things come from? It's just amazing. That I know, right? On, right? <laughs> and at one stage I couldn't even find them. I work at a women and children program in Western Sydney. So we're working with homeless mums all the time yeah. and we're, Trying to stay on top of it, sanitizing everything, yeah. and and it's some of these things are just so hard to get. But yeah, so and I feel like the, you know, got- I feel like it needs to be a process thing. So when I walk into a store, I just automatically sanitize my hands now. That's just Same. what we do. Yeah, and, and I think that's yeah. that's life. I'm I'm totally cool with that being life forever because it means hopefully we'll get less sick. Um, yeah, it makes sense generally. But so I think that maybe rather than get, investing so much money in something that you yeah. might find, the phone yeah. one. Go with the phone one if that's something you do share around a lot. They're they're cool. They definitely work, and you don't need to spend more than a hundred bucks on on one of those. And you could buy a couple maybe, and, and off you go. And then just swipe everything else down. And you know, I think I think the other what I mean by process is you know you install a station of some sort. You know, some sort of dispenser yep. dispenser for for yep. uh, sanitizing wipes, so that it's it's just yep. common practice to wipe it down and then put it on charge. Wipe it down and then pick and it up and that kind of stuff. And when an iPad's got a cover on it, the sanitizing wipe won't affect it, will it? Won't affect the iPad? It should. I mean, no. It, right? the, and if you yeah. if you have a cover that is affected by that kind of wipe, then it's probably going to be affected by you know just sweat, yeah. like you know, yeah, yeah, your body mm-hmm. anyway. So certainly yeah. no no issue at all wiping down an iPad raw. And if it's in a case, okay. then absolutely no no issue wiping that down. The biggest okay. issue I think wiping something down would be the the screen and whether or not it yeah. streaks. You might have to test a few out. And, and okay. see which, which wipes are better for the screens, but unfortunately, not a not a simple solution to the general problem. But I think for the phones, there's okay. definitely great yep. solutions and low cost ones at your JB's. Yeah, yeah, like. definitely. Yeah, half and half Thank answer you. there for you, Suzanne. No, I appreciate. I really appreciate you calling me and having this chat with me. It was great. Thank no you so problems much. at all. If there's anything I can ever do to help the Women's and Children's Shelter program, uh, let me know. Uh, Technology is what I'll I do. I'll send you uh, an email. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> can Absolutely. I? Oh, of course. What's I, it? I can't. Ga- I can't guarantee anything. No, but, but um, I'm always asking. I know I'm not shy to ask for this program. I'm really passionate about it. Okay. Well, so. I will. I will send you. I'll reply to your email and, and say you've got my. Okay. Details. Excellent. We'll all go right. from there. Thanks, Good Trevor. Good on you. Take Thanks care. Touch. Bye. Good on you. And, uh, yeah, if you've got a question, happy to help with the tech question that's on your mind. There's not always an answer, you see. And if you've got a product that does what Suzanne wants, please let me know. But I don't know. It's a, it's a strange one, isn't it? Anyway, uh, EFTM.com. Taking your calls, you've got a tech question, go to the website, EFTM.com. G'day, Robert. G'day there, Trevor. How are you doing, mate? Really good, mate. What can I do for you? Uh, I missed a, a couple of – one of me last week, my wife was watching the show on the Today Show. Mm. And, God, love uh, her. She, She's the yeah. best. Why were Did you not watch? watching? I don't watch that. Yes, I do. I ha- whoa, show. whoa, I whoa, some, whoa. I heard what I you were working, about to say. No, I was working <laughs> I work night shift, so it was a bit, uh, bit too early in the morning for me. Fair enough, mate. Um, yeah, and there was a segment – you did a segment on 
soundbars. Yeah, I'd mentioned and a few soundbars, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she mentioned one around about $500. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what are you looking for? What 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 is your concern? Do you just want better sound? Is that like you just you don't have any specific w- desires? Yeah, there's probably a bit of a, 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 a hearing issue yep. for my wife, and she needs a crisper sound, whereas the TV we've got now is just the old yeah, standard. Yeah, it's muffled, right? Yeah. Um, look, there's some great soundbars on the market. The, the one uh, I probably mentioned at the time was the JBL uh, Multibeam. Um, okay. If 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 you ask her, it was the one that Carl held up. It was a single device. And here's what I love about it. now: it's 600 at JB Hi-Fi. Um, mm-hmm. It was the JBL Bar 5.0. Now there's no subwoofer. It's just one bar, so yep. a little sound. It's actually quite compact in general size, and one remote. But the thing is, it's a 5.0 channel, which means it's actually a five speaker system. So it's you know mm-hmm. rear speakers, front speakers, center speaker kind of thing. Now there's only one bar. What it does is it virtually does that. So it's it, it's a weird thing, but it projects the rear sound off the walls and it bounces into your ears as if it's coming from behind you. It's, it's amazing stuff. So for simplicity, I love that bar because it's it's just one bar. That's all you need to do. That's fantastic, yeah. Obviously, yeah, I mean, you, if you if you do love your sound and you watch a lot of movies, the, the other yeah. thing to think about, though, is the subwoofer, and that adds that bass to, to a – you know, I was playing something earlier to my brother who was here in the office and, and he was. I said, mate, listen to this. And he went, oh, the sound. And I said, that's the subwoofer. Now, I, d- I personally, not, not too fussed on subwoofers. So that's why the five, that, that JBL multi-beam, that's what it's called, is okay. perfectly fine for me. It'll give you that crisp sound, louder sound, all those great things. But if you want the bass and the subwoofer, then again, there's, there's products in that price range, Yamaha, JBL, Hisense, but the simplest one for me is that JBL 5.0 multi-beam. 5.0. You know what, Trevor? That sounds exactly what we should be getting. As I said, I really can't be bothered. I had a Yamaha system many years ago, the 1,000 speakers, wires yeah. everywhere and whatever, and I went, why did I bother? <laughs> you know what? Back in the day, I remember my when I moved back to Sydney from Perth in uh, 2001, I remember going to the Sony Central in Chatswood in Sydney, and I spent good money on a TV and a sound system and it wired uh, rear speakers, and it was amazing. But in reality, what a single soundbar can do today is pretty remarkable. If you're an audiophile, I'm not even pretending that it's going to sound the same, but it is remarkable what it will do. And your wife will go in an instant, wow, that is so much better. And it, it essentially, the reason it was on that segment was because a soundbar makes any TV, cheap as chips TV or a great TV, sound better full stop. Sounds good. I mean, there's I have a uh, confession. We've got an LG plasma that must be i don't know <laughs> mate and you know what if it's still working don't change it i'm not going to but what, what do you watch though have you got like a fetch or a foxtel or what sort of boxes uh, have you got fetch, plugged yeah, in? i use fetch see yeah. and it's got it's got stan it's got netflix it's got paramount mm-hmm. plus it's got all it's got yep. movies on on your command it's perfect right so why change the tv when you've got a great picture you've got good yep. content with a fetch if you add this soundbar you've absolutely bought yourself something that's going to really take that up the next level. And when you do need to replace that TV, you've still got a soundbar because it's yeah. neutral. It, it sits on its own. So you need to go and be husband of the year and just get that for her today <laughs> and she'll be like, you rock. How many of these do we have to buy to become husband of the year? Just, My God. You only, sorry, just, just, just clarity, <laughs> a little asterisk. You only get to be husband of the year for a day because tomorrow it's a whole other world. Okay, we all it's know the a- battle resets at midnight. I know, mate, but that's good. All right. <laughs> good on you, Robert. Look, thanks, Trevor. That is great uh, advice, and I do appreciate it. Have thanks, mate. Anytime. Good on you, mate. And uh, if you get a question like Robert. 
Uh, get in touch. Go to the website, EFTM.com. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Bit of news around today from the NBN. And to be honest, it's been a while. I feel like uh, it's been a while since we've talked NBN. And that's a good thing in many ways because a lot of the last five or more years has been dedicated with conversations that didn't need to happen, frankly. But there's there's good news uh, continually happening with, with the NBN and what they're doing essentially for existing customers. And... You know, the internet's changing. It's changing daily, if not, you know, very, very rapid rate of advancement in technology. And I think the NBN absolutely needs to keep up with that. And I think that's important. So to help us understand what's been announced and what's changing, Chief Customer Officer of the NBN, Brad Whitcomb's on the line. G'day, Brad. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Two major announcements today. Let's talk fixed wireless first. Um, this is a this is a large announcement in terms of the amount of funding coming both from the NBN and the government here to improve what is the fixed wireless network. Talk me through the, the basics of that announcement. Yeah, I'm super excited about this. So, you know, in broad strokes, we've we've been able to secure $480 million additional investment from the government. And then we are uh, backing that with $270 million investment directly from the NBN. And this is really about uplifting the digital capability of uh, homes and businesses that are being served in in regional parts of Australia, mm. either by the fixed wireless network or by the satellite, and I'll come on to that. Um, for the the fixed wireless, what it will enable us to do is to tap into not only 4G technologies but also 5G technologies to make better use of the available spectrum that we've got out there, and to significantly improve, therefore the speeds of the service that customers can experience. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so, so and is this, this is not um, a, a large number of new customers. This is existing fixed wireless customers as well as some new areas. Absolutely. So right now we've got about 400,000 um, customers that are served by that fixed wireless network, and we will be able to offer those customers um, speeds of up to 100 megabits per second, um, actually, about 85% of those customers were targeting a speed of up to 250 megabits per second, which is okay. really quite remarkable when we think about fixed wireless. On top of that, we'll be able to um, project our, our coverage um, further than we can today, and that will make about another 120,000 customers that are currently being um, serviced or potentially served by our SkyMuster satellite and make them eligible for fixed wireless. So it pushes out and, and brings us to, to more customers as well. So is that push out, is that more towers or the existing towers using new technology like 5G to reach more people? Primarily with existing towers. Okay. So it will be used that we'll be using a number of both hardware and software improvements that'll allow us to project that signal further off of the existing towers. So uh, the big question, I guess, for anyone, and look, the, the challenge here for people that have chosen a wonderful rural lifestyle and they're getting what they see as an inferior uh, product, although it's still far superior to the uh, ADSL that was there before, um, is timing. When, when can mm-hmm. people on fixed wireless expect to see this rollout begin and, and how long will it take? Well, all told, we're anticipating it's going to take about two and a half years from start to finish to be able to plan out where we're going to do this, to get the technology in place, to make the changes that we need, and to, and to be able to bring the benefit to that entire base of customers. Mm-hmm. But, of course, it'll go progressively. 
Uh, the other thing to call out, though, is while we talk about those headline um, speeds for download of the 100 mm-hmm. meg or the 250 meg, the other important thing is by adding additional capacity, that average speed that people are getting in the busy hour, we anticipate is going to improve dramatically as well. So even customers that are happy with something as, as fast as a 50 meg, they're going to get that 50 meg more consistently during the day, which is another massive benefit to existing customers. And obviously, you know, this is a big win essentially for regional and remote Australia. And that's one of the reasons the government would have stumped up behind this. Absolutely. Yep. And when we think about NBN, our core purpose is to uplift the digital capability of the nation. That includes everybody across the nation. That's why we've got such a deep commitment to regional and remote Australia. Let me let me challenge you with the kind of uh, anti-government NBN spending question, which you know does circulate at these kind of times. Why why wouldn't the NBN just fund the seven hundred odd million itself? Well, this is a joint investment. This is a joint investment to uplift the capability of the nation. Clearly, there are benefits that will accrue in those areas above and beyond what gen- what revenue NBN can generate from offering those higher speed services. So we look at if you've got small businesses, you've got farmers, et cetera, their ability yeah. to be more efficient, more effective, that generates more income from them. That, uh, that helps uplift the nation. And therefore, co-investing with the government, I believe, is the right way to address this segment of the market. And I think it's also really important to point out, and I made this point a couple of times today on the radio, um, you know, the NBN exists because telcos would never have built networks into these very specific areas. These, these are the areas that the NBN was created for. Metro areas were always going to get some form of great internet, but the rural and remote areas of Australia were never going to be I guess a business case that a telco could have could have uh, put to their to their shareholders, and that's why the government created the NBN, and that's why the government needs to step in today. And I think that also goes then to the the second part of this, which was the fibre to the node upgrades. This is a much bigger part of your business because you've got the business, you've got the customer base at a household level to now, um, and we, we've talked about this in, in the last year or so when this was announced, but now offer upgrades from fibre to the node to fibre to the premises on request. So not everyone needs to get fibre to the premises. You don't need to dig up trenches in every single street in Australia. And that that upgrade is now actually happening. And I think it's 50,000 customers become eligible um, straight away for that. Yeah, this is super exciting. So yeah, if we turn now to, to talk about the fixed line footprint, to, to put in context what we're doing, Um, Right now, we've got about 2 million customers that are served by the fiber to the prem network. That means those customers are able to order NBN ultra-fast services, which um, approach 1 gigabit per second. We've also got um, about 95% of all customers on our HFC network due to extensive upgrades that we've made over the last couple of years Mm. can also order those very same ultra-fast high-speed services. That's more than 2.4 additional customers. Mm -hmm. But what we're announcing today is we are now releasing the first tranche, and this is 50,000, a little bit more than 50,000 customers, that should they place an order for a high-speed service, and they're they're in that FTTN footprint, we will then be able to provide them with that high-speed service 
by upgrading um, their connection to fiber to the prem. And this is just the start. So this first 50,000 or so, that's going to be followed month after month after month by around another 50 or 60,000. So by the end of this year, we'll already have 600,000 fiber to the node wow. customers that are able to upgrade to fiber to the prem. So basically, you're now working on a, a rollout plan. And I, I, I get the sense that you're just strategically going, let's go month to month here so that we can manage it. Obviously, this is going to be new in the very first month. Uh, there's going to be a lot of effort going and you know, there might be some hurdles for, for people and for the NBN installation team. So you can just chip the chip away at this month to month to achieve those targets. But we're talking about millions of premises over over the course of time are going to get the ability to say, you know what, we do we would benefit from faster speeds, uh, and we choose to do that. And that's a very important differentiation between just saying, you know what, every home should have fibre to the node when most homes maybe don't need it, Brad. Absolutely. And we're not looking at this as selling a fiber connection per se to the retailers and then ultimately to the end customer. Mm. This is about selling a service. And so, if you, as you said, if, if a customer wants a service that their current network can't support, then we will, we will make the network upgrade to be able to deliver that 100 meg or all the way up to that near gig service to that customer. So that's on FTTN. We've mm. also got plans with our fiber to the curb or FTTC network where um, come May we'll start with again with a you know an initial commercial launch and that will ramp up progressively um, so by the time we get to end of 2023 fully 75 percent of all customers being served by the NBN fixed line network will be able to offer uh, be able to experience speeds of up to a gigabit per second. And have you got a long-term roadmap for the 100% of the fixed network getting to that level? Because you haven't announced well, yet the, the fibre to the premises upgrade for all fibre to the node. You've only announced a, a certain number. I think there's a million or so still you know, in, in the, in the fibre to the node long-term plan. Where do we sit on the long-term plan for everyone? Yep. So first, uh, you know, we gotta, <laughs> we're biting off the first 50,000 this month. Uh, I think 600,000. There's always the someone that wants what they target. can't have though, Brad, you know, <laughs> and, and you know what? It's always the loudest voice that isn't on the list. Have you noticed? <laughs> well, but we're going to prove this model works yep. and then we'll, we'll revisit how do we then bite off the next, uh, you know, bite of the apple. But we got a lot on our play right now. This is an industry shaking and a very exciting yeah. move um we've got retailers excited to begin to sell it we think there's going to be strong customer demand all that will bode well when we come down and sharpen our pencil to talk about the next and final two million fttn in a couple of years time just quickly have you done forecasts on you don't have to share the numbers but you've obviously forecast how many people you think will ask for fiber to the premises and therefore based your rollout on that what happens if lots more people ask for it that will theoretically oh, slow things down, wouldn't it? We'll be delighted. I mean, that'll be a great <laughs> yeah. challenge to have. Uh, we're at this point, we're you know we're not concerned about inability to to, to deliver on that. Um, part of the we've been working on this for eighteen months now, mm. which has required us to pull a lot of fiber into neighborhoods, into communities. Right. Um, the last bit, which is complex, is doing that final lead-in. Uh, but that will be a uh, that'll be a great problem to have if we've got very very strong demand. Just finally, because we we talked about fixed wireless and 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 uh, the fixed network, obviously satellite sits as the base level of NBN accessibility, and there'll be a lot of people on satellite now that might get access to fixed wireless through those upgrades we talked about. Where where do you sit on on Elon Musk and, and um, Starlink? Because a lot of people see that as a 
much better alternative to the NBN? Is it just another option for consumers? And and the Skymaster maintains its prem, its its base as a as being the underlying uh, base service that people can get access to. Yeah, well, we welcome any new technological innovations that come that come along, and I think that the, you know the Starlink is exciting to see where that goes. Uh, for our own Skymaster services, we have been progressively improving that in terms of the the speed, uh, the capacity. A part of even the the move to extend the fixed wireless network will then take some pressure off of the satellite uh, network. Right. And that will in order, enable us in turn to provide more capacity and better experience for those customers that are on satellite. So we still view it as a fundamental part of our of our network architecture that enables us to serve all, all customers across Australia. Bottom line, it's good news. And there's a lot of people going to get better internet over the course of the next few years. And for those that are in the lucky suburbs of the 50,000-odd premises over the next month or so, there's going to be some exciting phone calls made to internet providers. And that's the last point of this is that's where you go. You go to your internet provider and say, am I on the list? Can I upgrade? And you commit to a higher speed service, and then it'll be booked as an upgrade. That's the process, isn't it? Absolutely. The other thing you can do is you can register your interest on the NBN website, and then we will also notify you when your location is eligible for a fiber upgrade um, going along with that higher speed service. Great stuff. Brad Whitcomb, Chief Customer Officer at the NBN. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Jerry's on the line talking to Trevor Long with all your tech questions. G'day, Jerry. Hi, Trevor. How are you going? Really good. What can I do for you? Well, I'm, I'm after a mobile phone yep. or an Android phone, whichever way you want to call it, because I've um, got a CCTV put up and I want to uh, be able to get a good phone for that, but not too expensive. Yep. What sort of CCTV did you get? Do you know? Um, it's the one that's got the alarm system with it. <laughs> and not, not like it's a... Uh, it's got a pre-recorded lock. It comes on and it says, oh, you're under surveillance and all that type Ooh, of thing, you know. Yeah. Where would you get it from? Um, oh, let me have a look. Like, was it from a JB Hi-Fi or did you get someone to come and install it for you? No, no, no. I got it from Decode. Okay. So, you know, but you know that it's definitely got an app and you know that you just need an Android phone to make it work, yeah? That's right, yeah. So, and your budget is $300 or so? Yep. Yeah. Look, it's a great price point at uh, JB Hi-Fi, and that's I don't recommend them for any other reason that I just think their website's easy to read. Um, yeah. But if you look at, so for example, the uh, Samsung Galaxy A22 is there for three forty nine, so that's the top end of your budget. But Nokia, oh, yeah. Nokia five point one, um, yeah. another brand you would look at is Oppo O double P O, excellent. Yep. Yeah. And Motorola. Yep. There's um there's a at, at JB Hi-Fi there's a TCL 20B for two hundred and forty nine dollars, which TCL TCL 20B, which I reckon yep. is a cracking price, and honestly yep. I, I mean there's a lot of phones below that, but I think that's the that's the that's the bottom end of, of what I would recommend. TCL yep. 20B two forty nine that is going to tick the box. It's going to do what you need, and yep. it's well within your budget. And that would be a four G. That is a 4G phone, yes. If you want a 5G phone, then you'd need to go to the Samsung probably at, at the upper end, yep. uh, 349. Yep. But 4G is yep. not being switched off anytime soon, so there's no there's no reason to worry about that, unless you're thinking of holding on to this thing for eight years, um, yep. which it probably won't last that long anyway. 
No, All that's right. a, that TCL one because I was looking at the TCL twenty R five, I think it was. Yep. No, twenty R twenty R five. There's a twenty SE. There's a few of them. They're a great phone. Yeah, I'm not on the five G network, so they reckon it they doesn't matter. If even if you're not on the five G network, the phone will operate on the four G network, and yeah. if and when you get the five G network, it'll just work. So if you do, oh, yeah. if you do see a five G phone you like, don't hesitate yep. to buy it. There's no issue there, Jerry. Okay. Okay, not a problem. Good on you. That's good. Enjoy. <laughs> and uh, I look forward to for you hearing us with Burjo on Saturday morning. Oh yes, I listen every Saturday. Ah, <laughs> uh, good on you. I'll let him know. Good on you, Jerry. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for that. Bye, good Chris. on you. And uh, yeah, Jerry listens to John Burgess on Six uh, IX in Perth every Saturday morning. I'm on. Uh, Gonna say seven thirty Perth time, around seven thirty Perth time. If you're in Perth and you want a bit of uh, relaxing music with Burjo, the great baby John Burgess, on Saturday mornings, he's there on Six IX. You can listen every week. EFTN, you're listening to the EFTN podcast. EFTN. Just a quick shout out to, to Formula One fans listening. The EFTN podcast, Formula One podcast, is back for 2022. Thanks to KO Sports, Harry Tucker, Connor McNally, and myself talking Formula One, and we record this. Literally straight after the race. Checkered flag comes down, cars come into the pits, and we get together and have a chat about the race. So we don't have the benefit of, you know, knowing what interviews occur in the hours or days after the race. We just unpack the race right there and then. So you can subscribe to the podcast on any platform and maybe listen on a Monday morning on the way to work. We we kick it off by telling you whether or not you should maybe watch the whole race or just the, the KO Mini or the highlights. And then we go into unpacking everything we thought about the race, the drivers, the teams, and the championship standings as they are. So if you're an F1 fan or even just on the on the edge of F1, we'd love you to download and subscribe. The EFTM F1 podcast in all good podcast apps. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Trevor along with you. If you've got a tech question, go to the website EFTM.com. Caroline did that. G'day, Caroline. How are you, Trevor? Very well. What can I do for you? I just want to know the difference between uh, a Samsung 52, A52, yep. and the Motorola, the one that I sent the question to you. So, the, I mean, the look, Nokia, Motorola, Samsung, at the price point you're looking at, how much are you looking to spend? Uh, about 500 if that. You, you, it's it's I mean, for my daughter. So, the uh, how old's your daughter? She's 18, but she's um, autistic. So the, the A52, for example, is about a $550 phone, okay? Uh-huh. So let's say roughly $500 is your price point. Um, yeah. And people listening will know I've had this conversation already today multiple times because it's such a great price point. There's so many phones there. I can't imagine, let me be clear, I can't imagine you being disappointed with any uh-huh. of them. Uh-huh. Um, if you're willing to spend $500 on a phone, you're going to get a great phone. Um, okay. I do think the A52 is... A cracking great phone. There is a brand new version of that coming out at a bit more expensive, but don't worry about that. Just get the A fifty two if it's what you want. If you okay. look at if you look at say the Motorola um, or the Nokia that are at, that are at similar price points, um, yeah, the there's very little difference. Very okay. little difference. Um, if if your daughter is is kind of inclined to like the look of something, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, say no. If she likes the look of the Nokia better than the Samsung, let her get the Nokia. Do you know what I mean? Like that's how good these three phones are. Okay. So um, there's not much difference between them. Because not really. She, do, do, what sort of phone has she got now? Uh, she uses mine. Mine is an A70. So 
that's critical, right? And the reason I say this is because she's currently knows how to use a Samsung. Yep. Now, not that it's remarkably different, but it is mm-hmm. slightly different, ever so slightly different. Um, so if you're worried at all about her frustrations or ability to learn how to use something new, then you might want to stick with Samsung. But otherwise, okay. if she's pretty good at adapting to very basic changes, then there's uh, nothing wrong with the Nokia. Okay. Um, no, nah, because she uses everything. She uses Apple. She uses Samsung. Oh, and because being autistic, different programs are in different right. items. Like she gets a prologue, it's on Apple. She gets another program, it's on Samsung. So, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so she adapts pretty quickly. So she got like an Apple tablet that she uses and then you want a Samsung phone, so you got the best of both worlds? Yes, basically. Okay. Yeah. So she has a Samsung tablet, but she needs a phone. Yeah, right, okay. Well, I think the A52 is a great phone. And, uh, okay. and in, look, the only thing I'd say is, uh, let me just quickly check here for a moment, uh, Galaxy A53. Let's just check what date that comes out because <laughs> obviously with a new model coming out, uh, Samsung Galaxy A53 comes out on the 1st of April Okay. at $699. Now, okay. there's another phone at $599 called the A33, it's okay. possible, just slightly possible, that that A fifty two comes down in uh, price to four nine nine. Okay. So maybe maybe sweet talk the JB Hi Fi salesman and say, listen, I know that in two weeks from now there's a brand new range of mobile phones coming from Samsung. Is this going to okay. come down in price? And you know, see if you can get a better deal. Okay. Because they'll want to so get rid of it. Uh, pardon. They'll want to get rid of the old stock. Okay. So don't be ashamed to ask for a better deal. Okay, because I just didn't want to um, – I've read some stuff on it, but I was very confused between the Nokia, the one, the ones that I emailed you yeah, on. X20, yep. Yeah, and I just wanted to know, the, like, the photography and all that. Did I think I, the, or- the Nokia has a great camera as well. I think the Samsung would probably be just a touch better. Okay. All right. So stick with the Samsung then. Stick with it. She knows it. It'll be a good phone. <laughs> all right, Carolyn, good luck. Okay, thanks. Good on you, anytime. And, uh, yeah, look look forward to your daughter having a great new phone. Yep, thank you, Trevor. Good on you. And if you've got a tech question like Carolyn, anytime, just get to their website, EFTM.com. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM. Taking your calls, Richard's on the line. G'day, Richard. G'day, Trevor, how are you? Yeah, really good, mate. What can I do for you? Um, mate, got a bit of a problem at the moment. Oh. My 13-year-old daughter has uh, gone to school and dropped her laptop, oh, smashed uh, the screen. So, um, got a Lenovo about oh, 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a Ryzen 3, um, 128 gig, uh, 128, 8 gig of RAM. Mm-hmm. And um, being in Darwin, we've gone to the repair, the one <laughs> repair shop basically, yeah. and it's a $500 charge to have it repaired. And even then, the caveat was. Well, it's a touchscreen, so you know oh. you take you run your risk if it's a touchscreen, it may not it may not work as well. Wow, that's so, a, that's a challenge because I mean, look, five hundred bucks you can get in your laptop, but it won't be it won't be quite the same. So, so no. you, there there's no like for like there. The question, no, and what no. year is she in? She'd be in year eight. Uh, year eight, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> so, where are you at budget wise, mate? How does this how does this problem affect your family <laughs> budget wise? Because are we talking about looking for something that'll just get you through, or are we talking about going? You know what? Let's let's see if we can get it through to year twelve. Because that that computer's not going to get it through to year twelve anyway. No, that's right. Um, look, I paid around. I think it was on special about thousand ninety nine for it. Yeah. 
I could get up to fifteen hundred if I'm sort of guaranteed that it's going to last me more than 12, 18 months, which is what this one's lasted. Oh, mate, at fifteen hundred, I'd want it to be absolutely all the way through year ten, and, and probably more. Okay, right. So I, I, I had the similar situation without the broken, but you know, it was just an old laptop that my son had, and he had it in through to year eight, and it was you know, the battery wasn't going all the way through the day, which is a critical thing. Um, yep, yep. And we said to him, I said to him, mate, look, it's we're doing okay. Um, I can I could spend two thousand on a computer, but this has to last you through year twelve. Um, and he chose a MacBook because he's not an idiot. Um, <laughs> but um, no, indeed. But and let me be clear. Here's what I've learnt. He hasn't used that Mac, MacBook this year because I gave him a Chromebook to test at the start of this year, and he's used it every day. Oh, okay. So be very cautious about what's needed and what's wanted. Okay, so I just want to put that out there because it's a really important thing. My son, but my son, to be clear, has Xboxes and computers at home where he plays games and things. So the Chromebook is purely a school computer. That's all it's for. But it's, you know, like a $600 laptop, which could theoretically do the job forever. So I would say to you at $1,500, you're in Microsoft Surface laptop territory, right? So that's serious computing. There's beautiful Dells. There's There's a lot of computers and... You would be talking about Intel i5 processors. You'd be talking about a computer yep. that's got all the power that, yep. that that absolutely should last. I could see one here on the JB website for $1,300 that's a HP 15-inch laptop with an Intel Core i7 processor in it. Now, okay. that's amazing, but it's also 15 inches, maybe too big for her. There's yeah. a Lenovo 13-inch with an i5 processor in it for 1200 Now, the biggest thing, biggest risk you've got is how did it break? How did you drop it? <laughs> so, you know, it's actually less It's less about what you buy next and how do you prevent this from happening again, either well, through insurance or what we did was get, get a bunch of foam and put it in the bottom of their bag. Well, she claims that she left it in a bag on the edge of a table and someone knocked it over. But we, the guy at the repair shop thinks that where it's cracked in the corner, she's stuffed it into a bag and then just sort of put it down and it's it's the just the weight of all the books and everything I think else it's the least and- I think it's the least spoken about problem with school laptops is actually the bag it goes in like yeah. having padding all around so what my son does is we we bought a sleeve for the laptop so like a bit of a buffer I wouldn't drop it from a from a first floor window and hope that it still worked but you know off a table it would work and it's still that goes into the bag which also has padding in the bottom so yeah. you're kind of building a few buffers. So the bottom line is, aside from that piece of life advice, I'm sorry to sound like a know-all, but <laughs> no, no. I do think that if you can shell out for a new one, you should you should have great confidence in a, a computer lasting. And I say this in terms of it physically lasting because the one you've got would have lasted another year or so, I think. It just didn't physically last, right? So that's our challenge here is, Whatever you spend comes with the same caveats. It's like it needs to be looked after, unfortunately, and that's yeah. always going to be a challenge. There are, I think, Office Works, for example. I, I don't know how easy that is to access in Darwin. I've never been, um, but I believe they have like an insurance thing for laptops. So even if you have to spend a little bit on insurance, that's not a bad investment for something you want to last four years. Yeah, that's right. Um, so right, may, maybe I'll... worth considering. So bottom line, if you spend between eleven hundred and fifteen hundred. Very confident you're going to get a great laptop. Very because I've been looking at I've been looking at the surfaces and I think the entry level one around there is around twelve. I saw it for twelve sixty nine or something recently. There's so, so there's there's a there's a Surface Laptop Go, right? And then there's a Surface Laptop Four. The Go is a very 
simple computer, which I when I used it, I thought it was amazing kind of school computer because it's simple. Man, you just plug a hard drive in if you need more storage. The laptop yep. four would be one level up in performance, and just okay. so just the problem at year eight is you don't know what they want to do for, with their life, right? If she says I want you to get a video editing and photography, you you know your basic computer might not cut the mustard. But again, I learnt from my son. I said, but how's the Chromebook working in photography? He goes, we've got computers in the class. I went, oh, bloody hell. Like, I thought to myself, he needed this high-powered thing because he was going to choose IT and photography. Nah, don't need that. You can use a Chromebook. Um, So, you know, I I, I love the Surface Laptop Go. I really do. Have you got other kids, by the way? I have. I've got a nine and a seven-year-old. See, that Surface Laptop Go, um, seven-year-old's going to, you know, want a computer in year five or six. Uh, You know, like it might still be a good one- or two-year device at that point. It might have a bit of a second life. A bit of a second life. But if I if I was you, on the JB Hi-Fi website right now, the Surface Laptop Go is $13.97 and the Surface Laptop 4 is $13.98. It's, oh, 300, wow. it's $300 off yep. as, as we speak and record. So might be worth having a look at that because that's a 256 gig hard drive, 16 gig of RAM, Ryzen 5 processor, 13.5-inch screen. Pretty good well, deal. That would be, be perfect for her, I'd say. It, it would, to be honest. It would be a great thing. But again... Care and responsibility is the biggest learning you've all got from this. Well, well, the funny thing is I did. I had bought her a specific computer um, carry-on bag, but, of course, too cool for school. She didn't want to carry two bags and started stuffing it into the other one. So, yeah, right. so have a look at, at JB's and Office Works and Places for a sleeve. Yep. And my, my son's one, it's it's like a clamshell kind of thing. It's, it's not pretty at all, um, but you kind of have a bit of faith that it's got a bit of buffering in it itself. And so you say, listen, I'm not asking for you to wear a new backpack, but this needs to fit in your bag. This laptop goes in a sleeve and then in your bag, and in the bottom of the bag, I want foam. Yeah. Because yeah. the number one thing that happens is kids put their – they just drop their bag on the ground. Not drop as in accidentally. They just, I'm here now, boom, and it goes down. If your laptop yeah. is sitting – if there's only fabric between the laptop and the ground, it's dropping on the ground. So put a put a yeah. bit of foam in the bottom of the bag. All right, I'll I'll pass. I'll I'll play her this this tape. So uh, boom, there you she, go. She specifically understands what and, she's and, doing. And and listen, her. listen. What's her name? A uh, Sophie. Sophie, I'm not just some nufty. I've got a 15 year old, <laughs> and let me tell you right now, if he breaks his computer, he's paying for a new one, or he's right. going to have to use the library computers for the year 10, and it's going to be awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Richard, good luck, mate. Advice. Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate it. Cheers, buddy. Anytime. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough. We're, we're, we're parents just trying to learn our way through this, right? But you learn the hard way, unfortunately, Sophie. Um, so look after that new laptop, all right? Thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with my croaky voice. I think I need to eat. I'm going to get some lunch and uh, have something to eat because that'll make me feel better. Um, and I'll probably just do another rat test tomorrow because it's just, you know, money against a wall, isn't it? Just 10 bucks at a time. Just throw them against the wall and keep doing them. Uh, and, uh, yeah, good times. <laughs> if you've got a question, go to that website, eftm.com. If you haven't downloaded the app, what the hell are you doing? Seriously, you're a podcast listener, you haven't got the app? On both Android and iOS, we appreciate you clicking the notifications and, and having them sent directly to your phone. And also getting the notifications and clicking them because it means that you don't need to really pay attention to what's going on on social media or anything. You can just go, oh, there's a new story. I'm going to go there. I'm going to read that. And it's great. That's exactly why I wanted the app. 
So download the app today and uh, leave a rating and review for that as well, if you don't mind. I mean, I'm just asking a lot of you now, but hey, it's free. Do, do me a favour. Talk to you next week, folks. Thank you.